0: In the last few weeks, Ryan has been teaching in Sermon on the Mount and has doing a great job um, and today I have to continue with a, a topic which is anger. And it's a, kind of a tough one because who doesn't go through anger every now and then, right? Um, but before I get to the message itself of, of anger. I want, I want us to realize what's going on with the people of Israel right now as, as Jesus is speaking to them? What's going on with, with their hearts? What are they expecting from Jesus? What's going on? So I want to go back to the Old Testament for a little bit. I hope I won't take too long. but you know I me, mean? I love the Old Testament because it points to Christ. and we have to go and see what the Old Testament says, what God said in the Old Testament. And I'm going to go to the book of uh, Malachi because, see, that was the last book in the Old Testament. That's the last time that God speaks to the people of Israel. And then he's silent for 400 years. That's a long time. So I'm sure God spoke to certain individuals right here and there. But as a whole, as a nation, The people of Israel didn't hear from him for 400 years. And I believe that was judgment upon them. That God for so long, he sent his prophets to tell them, return to me, come back to me. They're cheating on me. They're being adulterous. So come back. And they didn't. He was silent after that. 400 years, that's a long time. So the people of Israel were remembering the last words of the prophet Micah. In chapter 3 of that book, verse 1, God says to them, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight Behold, he's coming, says the Lord of hosts. The people of Israel are hearing right for 400 years. They're waiting for this messenger to come and announce the coming of the king. Coming back to the temple. God is coming back to the temple. But they waited and waited. It took a long, long time. And they also remember way back back with Moses. Right before they enter the promised land, God speaks to Moses and says, I want you to tell the people of Israel, right before they enter the promised land, right, to the new generation. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 18, in verse 15, God says to Moses, Tell this to the people of Israel the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Then in verse 18 says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them that all that I command him, whoever will not listen to my words that 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 he shall speak in my name, I myself will require of him. Jesus is, God is saying to Moses, tell the people of Israel a prophet will come like you. They better listen to him. And he's like, what do you mean like him? What do you mean like, like Moses? And if you remember, Moses went to the, to the land of Egypt to set the people of Israel free from bondage. So God is saying to Moses, tell them another prophet is going to come and do the same thing. He will set the people of Israel free from the bondage of sin, as well as us, the Gentiles. So the people of Israel, for 400 years, they're silenced, but they remember those promises of God. And when God promises something, it will happen, because he is faithful. Please never forget that God is faithful with His promises. I don't know what you're going through these days, but He's faithful. We watched a movie last night, uh, His Only Son. You know, Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years for Isaac. It's a long time, but He comes through with His promises. So the people of Israel, right? They, um, all of a sudden, something is happening in the land because they hear that this priest, now going back to the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke, we hear about this priest that he's doing his duties in the temple, you know, he's praying for the people and bringing the sacrifices for the people, and Gabriel, the angel, the archangel, shows up. And he says, your wife is going to have a child. It's say, what? She's old. We tried already. She's too old. And he says, we heard your prayers. And he's coming. You, you, your wife is going to have a child. You are to call him John. He says he will be full of this, filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't have that up there, sorry he says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Something is going on. They are starting to say, wait a I minute, mean, is God is again speaking to us? God is back then six months later he goes to the same angel the archangel Gabriel to speak to Mary a young girl and to tell her you have some favor with God then she says you're going to have a child he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end the people of israel are saying god is again speaking to us they are excited finally because now they're hearing that there's going to be one that's going to come and announce the coming of the king that's what they did back in those days if a king was going to go to visit a nation they would send a messenger and say prepare the way for the king he's coming prepare yourselves And now they hear that John the Baptist is preparing the way for the king because the Lord is coming to the temple. He's coming back. So they're excited. And now they see this Jesus, this carpenter, preaching with power and authority like no one ever taught before carpenter but he's a rabbi and he's speaking wonderful beautiful words about his kingdom the kingdom of God and then he's doing miracles, supernatural miracles, he's, he's giving uh, sight to the blind and uh, hearing to the deaf and speech to those who are mute casting out demons he's li- raising those who are crippled that can't walk Raising people from the dead. There's something going on with this Jesus. So they're excited. King of David. The son of David. The promised king that will come someday. So when Jesus speaks, they're listening. So now when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is speaking to them. They're expecting that he is probably going to tell them about how they're going to dethrone Caesar. And how he's going to take over the kingdom of, of Rome and destroy it. So they can go back to the old days. Of the days of glory when, king, when David was the king. So now Jesus comes and begins to preach to them. And they're hearing things that are a little strange. Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for this is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are bankrupt, whose spirits are bankrupt, they're far away from God. It says, blessed are those because you will realize that you need God. Blessed are those who mourn. They will be comforted. He says, Blessed you will be the day you realize how ugly your sin is. And you go down to your knees and say, Lord, forgive me. My sins are terrible, are horrible. I'm in pain. I am mourning. Give me comfort. That's what Jesus said. You want to come to my kingdom. And I wonder if the people were saying, what's he talking about? Talk about Rome. Oppressed by Rome. What's going on here? So Jesus knows their hearts. He knows what's going on. So Jesus is interesting. As he's, uh, he, he, he gives a, a, an amazing sermon, an, ma- an amazing message, right? And I'm going to go to the end of it. I think most of us know the, the, the end of the message. And I'm not going to say much. I don't want to spoil it because I know you got something prepared maybe for the end. But in chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, at the very end, he spoke about divorce, he spoke about anger, he spoke about uh, prayer, he, he spoke about giving to the needy. Uh, he, he's basically saying, you want to walk with me in my kingdom? This is how you walk. Pay attention, he's saying. But at the very end, I don't know why he left this at the end, because he says in verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, And it fell, and great was the fall of it. I'm surprised that he said this at the end. Like, I'm sure people were listening, and then at the very end, he says, Have you been listening? Do you pay attention to what I said? Because these words that I'm saying to you, you better put them into practice, and you will be wise to do so. But if you don't, you're a fool. And one of the people were saying, oh, man, I I fell asleep, or I wasn't listening to the whole thing, or I got a little distracted. I know you guys never fall asleep, so we're good. But 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 why didn't he say that in the very beginning? I said, listen, people, I'm going to give you a warning. I want you to pay attention to what I'm about to say. And hear me clear, because... I want you to put into practice what I'm telling you. Then you will will be wise. Because if you don't, you will be a fool. (coughs) I wish you said that at the beginning. And, And what I'm trying to say with this, too, is I want to encourage us that as Ryan is teaching us the Sermon on the Mount, every Sunday. Please, we must pay attention. We must listen because these are the words of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to us. And he says, you want to be part of my kingdom? You want to walk with me? You better put these words into practice. Some of them are going to get hard. And I believe, and I told Marilyn, my wife, I, I I guarantee that some of these people, as they were listening to Jesus, they were getting, they were saying, ah, "This is this is hard teaching. I don't know if I can put up with this. I don't know if I can do this." And I guarantee there were people getting up and leaving. And I think that's why today our churches, when we with those churches who preach the gospel, there's very few. Because people want someone to tickle their ears. That's what the scriptures say. That's why we have sometimes these mega churches that are preaching anything but the gospel. But Jesus says, pay attention. Remember what God said to Moses to tell the people of Israel? When that prophet comes, listen to him. Remember in in Matthew 17, the the transfiguration. When Jesus takes John, Peter, and James to the mountain and on top of the mountain they see their Lord become, the, turning to who he really is, the king of heaven. Glowing, beautiful. And a word, words come from heaven. And it's the Father and it says, this is My beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, listen to him. Are you listening to the voice, to the words of Jesus? He says, if you want to be part of my kingdom, listen to my words and put them into practice. All that to say, we'll finally get to <laughs> what we're supposed to speak about today. I just want you to understand that the people of Israel were lost. God wasn't speaking to them because they were disobedient. They turned their back on him. Judgment, right? Then Jesus comes and says, listen. Listen to me. I want us to truly pay attention. If you miss something during the teachings, go home and read it. And pray and say, Lord, speak to me. I want to hear from you. I want you to speak to me your truth. Because this is his truth that transforms lives, transforms hearts. Chapter 5. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to, the, come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court. lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. The one thing about Jesus, right? He comes to amplify, to magnify the law. Because as humans, we read Right now he's talking about the Sixth Commandment. You shall not murder. And I bet people that were in the audience were saying, check. I haven't done that one. And I bet if I ask all of you, I hope hope you say, check. But you never kill anyone. And if you have, he's faithful and (laughs) he will forgive you. But for us as humans, we can go, hey, I haven't, phew, check, I'm good on that one. Lord, eh, Then am good. And Jesus says, oh, no. It goes a lot deeper than that. Because it's almost like having this magnified glass that he puts it on the law, and he said, let's go deeper into this law. Farther than just saying, check, I'm good. Because if you remember, God looks at the heart. We look at the outer appearance. God is all about the heart. But it's interesting, right? First he says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, long time ago, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. Yes, that's the law. That's the sixth commandment. That's true, Lord. And then Jesus says, but I say to you, wait a minute, but I say to you, what, what, what were people saying? Is like, wait, who are you to say, but I say to you? What kind of authority do you have? Think of me. I'm giving you the law of God, and then I say to you, but I say to you. You're going to say, Antonio, who do you think you are? To put a but in front of God's law. What is Jesus doing here? You know, we always talk about Jesus. He never claimed to be God. People will argue with you forever that he, there's nowhere that he says he's God. He doesn't have to. It's clear. It's all over the scriptures. At one, time, at one point in, in, in John, I believe it's 10, they pick up stones to kill him because he says you're making yourself God. The way you speak. Who do you think you are? He says, I'm God. I came to magnify the law. I didn't come to, to abolish, to eradicate the law. I came to fulfill the law and to magnify it. He talks about anger. An ugly thing. Very, very ugly thing. Very ugly sin. And 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 I wrote uh I get, I read this one. It says, obedience to this commandment against murder begins with eliminating anger because anger can lead to such horrible outcomes we all have experienced anger I know we all have, I have and I still do every now and then and it's ugly Jesus says that in itself it's a sin, the way we react to it, the things that we do with it. It's okay to be angry at evil and not to injustice, right? But when it comes to be angry because somebody, uh, my pride, my ego, you hurt my ego. You were very nice to me. You're supposed to respect. You're supposed to this. You're supposed to that. We become angry and we hold Resentment. Sometimes we hold ourselves because we think we're better than others. And now all anger does is destroys families, marriages, lives. Jesus says, you want to walk in my kingdom, you take care of those problems. You reconcile with people. And sometimes it's hard, but he says, you want to be walk, you, you want to walk in my kingdom, you reconcile with people. We are peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. Why do we get so angry? Again, because we put ourselves first. It's so hard to see when couple or someone who is in Christ who claim to be in Christ and there's arguments and there's conflict Jesus says fix it you claim to love me fix it same with we hold resentment against brothers and friends And you know what time is interesting that sometimes we are angry at someone and that they did something to us and they don't even remember. There are people out there that they have no clue that you're angry at them. But we hold their resentment. And it's important for us to pray and say, Lord, I have this anger. Can you please remove it from me? Help me forgive. Help me forget. That's not of the kingdom of God when we walk in anger. He even talks about the way we speak to each other. He says, we don't insult each other. We don't talk bad to each other. He says, that's not of my kingdom, he says. This this tongue, this mouth can say such hurtful things to people. Sometimes we don't mean it. But a lot of times we do. A lot of times we go as far as get into a little group and talk about someone and make that person feel horrible. Gossip. We don't do that. That's not of His kingdom, right? In um, the book of James. Chapter 3, our, Lord is, uh, <coughs> our Lord's brother is talking to us. Chapter 3, verse 5, he says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet he boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. With the same tongue, we bless our Lord and Father and whether we curse people who are made in the image of God. Anger is such an awful thing. Jesus says, not of my kingdom. Because he does horrible things. He eats you up. He says, no more. So when, when they're hearing Jesus say, no more, they're, I don't do it. He says, what about your heart? Because I think you, uh, there's, uh, there are times in our lives that we hate someone so much that we wish them ill. We wish them evil. We wish they were dead. I've been there a long time ago ugly, Jesus says, "Hmm, not in my kingdom. He goes on to talk about if you have something against someone, but but you come to the altar with a gift, and you bring the gift to the altar to to worship God, and says, "Uh uh-uh. He says, go and make peace with your brother. Go and reconcile first. And I think for us today it's almost like saying you want to come to church and you want to sing to him and you want to praise him and you want to fellowship and you want to make it look as everything is so wonderful but you have some resentment, some conflict against someone. Jesus says, go first and reconcile, ask for forgiveness or forgive. But don't come to worship me if you have that in your heart. Go take care of it, he says. When he talks about someone, if you're going to court, someone's taking you to court. He says, before it gets really bad, go and reconcile with them because you, you know what it's like when you get into with a conflict with someone and it gets worse and worse. It gets to a point where it's like you're so far gone it's hard to reconcile. Don't, don't let it go that far. Because I'm telling you, it's just it's ugly you know it I don't have to tell you so Jesus is talking to these people and telling them about something something pretty interesting in Matthew chapter 5 verse 20 Ryan spoke about this last week it says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And they were saying, what? Exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees? Those people who are so holy? The, the, the ones that you came with God put them in that position because they are so righteous and so wonderful. After to exceed that righteousness? Jesus says, yes. And they say, it's impossible. Jesus' say, no. Because, he, uh, because Jesus is, uh, is magnifying the law, now we've got a big problem. Because he's, now we're definitely seeing that there is no way we can fulfill the law. And Jesus says, your righteousness has to be so superior. Way up there. How am I going to get there, Lord? You can't. None of us can. There's no one who's righteous before the eyes of God. No one can get there. No one can enter the kingdom of heaven on his or her own. He did it for us, He fulfilled the law. See, He saw. The human race you see jesus came at the right time at the, at the time where you, because god his timing is perfect he comes when the, the human race is running away from him don't want they, we don't want to have anything to do with him and jesus comes and stands in the midst of the human race Because he sees that we're hopeless, walking in darkness, lost, no knowing where we're going. He comes and he says, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you because you need me. Because to enter my kingdom, you need to enter through me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he gives us that opportunity, that chance. He says, I am going to fulfill the law that you can fulfill. I'm going to a cross to die for your sins because I love you. I want to pay that debt that you have if there's anyone that has the right to be angry it's God and he is because see he created every single one of us every breath that you just you've been taking since you woke up this morning where you went to sleep last night Uh, from the moment you, 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 you came to life from, you, from the moment you came out of your mother's womb, you've been breathing because of him. Every heartbeat because of him. He created us. We belong to him. But we say now. He has the right to be angry. But he loves us so much. He sent his son to die for us. To be forgiven. To enter into his kingdom, into his family. Because he cares. That was the first thing Jesus said. uh, We need to remember the first thing he said to us, to these people, but he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Have you repented of your sins? Have have you gone down to your knees and said, Lord, I need you. I hate my sins. I, I can't live like this anymore. I surrender to you. I need you, Lord. Maybe you have, but maybe there's something going on in your life right now that maybe you need to do the same thing, get on unison, surrender, and say, Lord, I I call myself a Christian, but I have walked away from you for a long time now. He loves us. He wants us to turn our lives to him, to lay down our lives to him and say, Lord, at the foot of the cross, forgive me. I need you. Is the way to heaven. can do it on our own. Um, I'll finish with this. At one point, Jesus feeds thousands of people, right? And they're chasing him because they want more food. He says, you follow me for the wrong reason. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Are you hungry and thirsty for Christ? Are you hungry and thirst for righteousness? And then he says, he begins to tell the people, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they're saying, what? Sounds a little weird, right? But that's what he says. He's saying, you must be intimate with me. You must be so intimate with me that you are there with me that you, I, I am feeding you. You're your hungry and thirsty for me. And you know what, his, what happened? Some of, a lot of his disciples said, this is crazy teaching. This is hard teaching. I'm out of here. They left. They walked away. And then he turns to the 12 disciples and says to them, do you want to go away as well? And Peter, the knucklehead, he says something beautiful. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That is our Jesus. He says, walk with me. Walking with him is a different walk. Walking in his kingdom is a different walk. And he talked to us about anger. Anger does not belong in the kingdom of heaven. Only, the only time is when we're angry about evil. Other than that, He says to us, love one another. That's how they will know that you are my disciples. Let me pray.